Welcome to The Bolt, the official podcast of Trinity Basin Preparatory, a charter school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where we share interesting stories and strategies from across our district. I'm Connor Rogers. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Trey. Shh, Connor, be quiet. We're talking to librarians today. <laughs> you think I was well, going to say we're hunting rabbit? Well, um, I was—I mean, yeah, or like read the room or something, yeah. reading pun. But um, man, that was that was well played, sir. Hey, sorry. How yeah. are you? How are you yeah, doing yeah. today? No, that's great. That's great. Yeah, we are we are talking to librarians. I was going to ask, like, yeah, what do you remember about libraries or just reading books as a kid? What are your um, as a kid? Uh, Library day was always exciting, you know, going and picking up. You only had one uh, day? I mean, like, of the week, you know. Oh, okay. Day, of the, <laughs> yeah, or of yeah. the, you know, month or right. rotation or whatever it was. Right. When it was, like, time to go to the library, I always remember mm-hmm. being excited. Even though I'm not a big reader. Um, uh, book fair, obviously, like, oh, yeah. highlight of the year. Um, and then as I grew older, um, when I was living in New York, I used to go to the New York Public Library because they would let you check out DVDs. Mm-hmm. And, like... An untold amount. They'd be like, "Yeah, have as many as you want." Twenty-one. Take yeah, a huge go, stack. Yeah. 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 Um, so I've, I found a new um, passion for the library. As I got <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. How no. About yourself. Uh, yeah. Same. I always remember, like, book fair wasn't as big a deal for us. Um, but I was also like, I was really into like series of books. Like, mm. read book one. Got to read book two. Got to read the yeah. se- like. Got to read the trilogy. Whatever. Um, like Encyclopedia Brown, The Hardy Boys, like I think was oh, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the earliest memories I have because it was like, oh, I read this mystery, I got to read the next one. And so I just love being hooked on on reading. So lots of good memories there. Um, but then I remember in college, the library was like, that's where I go to write papers. And it was just like, it was fine. Took the magic but, out of it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like, like the satisfying thing about it was like, I would set the boundary, like I can't leave the library until I have at least X amount of pages of this paper written. Yeah. So it was like, leaving the library. He's like, yeah, I yeah. did it. You know, I do remember going there for, uh, or sorry, going to the Arlington public library. I was in Arl- mm-hmm. Arlington, uh, elementary schools when I was a kid. Um, and I always enjoyed that as well. Like just the, the massiveness. I mean, it's probably because I was a little kid. It looked, <laughs> right. it looked like a, you know, giant museum. Um, but yeah, doing book reports. I remember I did one on Johnny Carson, uh, and like going that and a hundred percent tracks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you have to do a book report. Oh, I'll do a biography on, uh, someone funny. Um, yeah, it was, it was always, it's just always, always a treat, I think, to get to go. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, who are we talking to today? You said librarians, but who? Yeah. What? So today, specifically, we are talking to Caroline Harris from our Ewing campus and Shelley Speller from our Pafford campuses, uh, campus, campus, singular. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, both librarians uh, that have been with us for, for a little while, mm-hmm. and we're really excited to talk to them. Yeah. And, and it's also perfect timing, too, because we all just together went to yeah. this uh, TCA conference about kind of technology in the library. So we're going to be sure we're going to be hearing about that as well. So for sure. All right. Well, let's crack crack a book and get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please uh, say your name and what you do and where you work? Hey, I'm Shelley Speller. I work at Pafford and I'm the librarian. I am Caroline Harris and I am the librarian at Ewing. Well, welcome. Thank you both for being here today. Um, we're excited to talk quietly about books because we're talking to libraries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My library is not a quiet library, usually. <laughs> uh, well, let's just start. Just tell us kind of your experiences. We'll kind of go back and forth on, on who starts here. But uh, just your, your experience with libraries, maybe some of your childhood memories, uh, and just reading in general. Okay. So for libraries, I... Uh, when I was little, every summer we would do like the summer reading program at our public library. And my parents, there were, there were six kids in my family, a lot of kids. So 
we didn't get an allowance or anything like that. So my parents would give me a dollar for every chapter book I finished and wrote a whole page book report on. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge incentive for me to read. And then um, also high school, I wasn't always like a studious student, but I devoured books all the time from the library. So I wasn't my teacher's favorites, but the librarians knew me really well. <laughs> <laughs> so quick question. What was your biggest haul, like your biggest income over a summer of reading books and running reports? Maybe like twelve dollars. <laughs> hey. Wow, that's pretty that's, good. Yeah, that's nice. pretty good. It's better than I would have done. Miss mm-hmm. Beller? Um, my library experiences, um, I don't really remember going to the library much as a child. Um, I wasn't really a great reader as a kid and I struggled with reading. And so, uh, it really wasn't a passion of mine. And honestly, I don't even remember any going into a school library. Mm. I was thinking, did we even have school libraries (laughs) back then? But, um, my kids, um, as I got older, I did learn to love reading and um, I took my kids to the library like uh, Caroline's parents did and we always did the summer reading programs and uh, my kids always loved getting you know they would the public libraries would do you know coupons for Dairy Queen ice cream or putt-putt and uh, we would um, take them to go do those things and then um, I always volunteered at their school libraries and especially during book fair and uh, stuff like that so um, that's I guess my library yeah uh, well, so I had, you, it's funny because you both said like, I wasn't the typical, like, quote unquote, like studious or library kid. Uh-huh. So, so how do you guys as librarians now try to make your library more inviting for those kids who don't quite like fit the mold? Right. Well, and like I said, my library is not necessarily the quiet library. Uh, the school that I taught at previously, it was a very quiet library. And if kids, you know, spoke above even a whisper, I mean, you really weren't allowed to talk at all. But if you even spoke a little above a whisper, you would get a tongue thrashing. And so <laughs> I, I never want it to be that way. I want it to be, you know, inviting. I want it to be a loving environment. And I feel like because I wasn't such a good great reader as a child and then uh, and struggled with it um, those kids that come in those are the ones that I love the most you know that don't like reading and that they're just made to come to the library and so um, you know trying to find their passion for reading or helping them grow that that love of reading yeah for me I've worked really really hard to make the library at Ewing like a place that kids actually want to go to like hmm. there's probably I think there's like over 30 plants in the library and I've worked really <laughs> hard to like get like books that I know the kids want to read so like my goal for like especially uh like reticent readers is to find out what interests them and find ways to get those books um currently looking for some good joke books for kids. So if y'all have any recommendations. Trey could write a joke yeah. book. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, you could, and I'll put it in the library. And there's one kid that I know that will read it. Sure. I, I do want to say um, I've seen both of the libraries that you currently occupy before either of you got there. Like I saw the, the Hafford Library before you got there and the Ewing Library. It, they are You are both doing such a good job of making them fun, welcoming spaces. They both look exciting and they're cool and have cool stuff on the shelves and laid out really nicely. Um, so kudos because you guys Thank are doing you. a great job. Thank you. For sure. So something else that especially people who aren't in education don't always understand the difference. Like, could you tell us about what's the difference between 
a, a reading teacher, like I go to Miss So-and-so for my sixth grade reading class versus the librarian? Could you talk a little bit about how those roles kind of differ? Well, um, so I was a reading teacher previously, and I think that's what helped me uh, be a better librarian. Um, I feel like we are still kind of reading teachers because especially for me teaching uh, third, all uh, star grade levels, um, third grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade are the grades that I've taught reading teachers for all. I know the um, academic language that star tests and everything um, that how it, the questions need to be formatted. And so when we're reading a story uh, as a read aloud, you know, I'm asking questions afterwards, before, during, whatever. Um, you know, I feel like that kind of um, helps the students um, gain that academic language, which will help them in. Um, in their classes and uh, in tests um, also. Do you want to say anything yeah, about so that? Yeah, so I would say like where kids only come to us like maybe once a week unless they're like, Shelly calls them her frequent flyers, like the kids <laughs> that like come all the time. Mm -hmm. So when they come for their like official library time, they're coming and they're getting like a read aloud and some sort of extension and we're working with them on different like skills and things like that. But where we differ from like the reading teacher is that we aren't really doing like more systematic type of things. Like we're not like doing explicit phonics or mm -hmm. like right. there might be certain things that like we work into our questioning when we're like reading with the kids, but it's not like in any type of like formal, like calendar or alignment. It's like scope and sequence yeah. with the teaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more organic, mm -hmm. like to, free <laughs> and to like grow the love of reading. And which, I mean, I feel like as a reading teacher, that was one thing that I really, um, Independent reading time was a non-negotiable for me. We always had independent reading time um, in the classroom. And I have students that, I mean, I've even the kids that have already graduated this uh, past year, um, kids that come back to me and say, Miss, um, I don't uh, I don't read anymore and uh, I wish that I was back in your class and where we used to read all the time and I'll ask kids sometimes hey what are you reading now uh, that are in middle school oh, we don't ever have time to read anymore and uh -huh. I hate that because uh, yeah. you know independent reading time is just kind of taken away but um, you know that's what I feel like we're encouraging them to to do to have independent um, choice and independent reading um, in the library for yeah, sure i feel like we're like trying to grow them as like commute like shared reading communal yes. reading experiences and i've also told my students something similar shelly like especially even when i taught sec like taught second fourth and fifth grade my goal every year was to have one of the most like booger stinker boys in my class <laughs> moms come up to me and be like he won't put the book down mm -hmm. so it's like my my mission to be like i need to activate reader and child so like uh, that's a lot of what I try to do in the library. Mm -hmm. um, and it's I, I did it as a teacher as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the best compliment you can get is, my kid never liked to read until they were in your class, and now they love reading. So, For sure. And, and going back to the independent reading thing, I am a firm believer in that. I, I did that when I taught middle school. Mm -hmm. And like I loved it as a kid because it was like, Wait, you mean I get to just read my Star Wars book <laughs> like like for twenty minutes, and then I was I was a kid like when it was over, I was like oh, it was, the book was just getting to a good part. Like yes. so, mm -hmm. big big proponent of that. 
And it's like a, it's a huge like I guess it's like a culture thing like right. when they you read a book like the kids remember that book in the library for like weeks and weeks afterwards they mm-hmm. like want to check that book out they want to like show it to their friends they want to read the next ones in the series and hopefully like they're taking those books home too and having those same experiences like with their family and I know like Shelley's passionate about that too because we were when we were both in the classroom mm-hmm. we emphasize like independent reading for homework because mm-hmm. we want kids to be like instead of like kind of coming home and having one more thing to do like especially like say if they go to daycare and then they get home at like 6 45 and they go to bed at 8 p.m and it wouldn't it be so great just for them to like come around around a story or a book mm-hmm. or a shared like mm-hmm. literature experience mm-hmm. and and like it's kind of what you're saying caroline is is that shared reader like everyone uh recognizes a great story you know and so you can engage like oh isn't that a great story like oh i love that book yeah so are there certain holidays or times of the year that you guys look forward to, um, you know, reading a certain book because it's that time of the year? I was furiously Googling a second ago because I remember I read this leprechaun book when I was a kid about the teacher turning into a leprechaun or something. What? And I remember I read that for a couple of St. Patrick's Days Did you uh, find in out a row. What it's I couldn't find it, but know, I'll, I'll keep looking because it was good. I remember there was something she had a green brooch. And the kid was like, she's definitely a leprechaun. Um, anyway, I want to read this book. <laughs> it's very good. It obviously stuck with me. So are there any, like uh, like I said, holidays, times of year or something where you're like, I'm going to read this book because it's it's you know it's time. Gosh, it's every single holiday there's those favorite ones that you know you pull out and uh, and that you love for, for, I mean, every single holiday. Um, uh, read Across America Week. There's certain, you know, Dr. Seuss books that you like. Mm-hmm. There's all, all of, uh, I feel like, Every holiday, there's certain ones. What about you, Caroline? I love this. I don't know if this is a holiday, but it's the time of the year. The very beginning of the school year, as a librarian and as a teacher. Also, for context, this is my first year as a librarian, so yeah. a lot of my experiences come from being a teacher um, or even like reading to kids as an instructional coach. But my favorite time is the beginning of the year because that's like when you're building your classroom community, like you're setting up like your classroom contracts and setting up like what's going on. So typically, I read just a lot of my favorite books that I get excited about. So one I like to start with is Wayside School, the chapter book. I'm currently reading it with second graders. It never gets old. Yeah. I could read it a million times. It's by Lewis Sackhar. It's a chapter book. It's really funny. Um, and then the book Hawaii for Wadney Watt. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of y'all read that? No. no. It's about this rat named Rodney, and he can't say his R's. Um, uh-huh. And he this mean new bully girl comes and they have to play it, uh, Simon Says. And since he can't say his R's, the new girl takes everything he says literally and he, cause he'll go like, wake the leaves! And so like uh. she like tries to wake up the leaves and finally like at the end... <laughs> That's great. She, uh, um, he like makes her run away into the distance forever with his Simon Says clue and then everybody like goes, hooray, hooray for Wadney Watt. <laughs> um, it's a good one. Um, also there's a book called How to Get a Girlfriend and it's by, like Scholastic used to do this series called like Kids Are Authors, and every year they would publish student work from like two or three books of student work, and I have wow. like a collection of like maybe twenty or thirty of them. And one was How to Get a Girlfriend, and it was written by kindergartners in New Zealand <laughs> and illustrated by kindergartners in New Zealand. Oh, I have to read I it know. now. And the kids love it. Like one of the things is like take a shower. And they like <laughs> have like an illustrated little um, kid taking a shower and the kids think it's hilarious. And it's like a great to set up your like community as writers because it's like you, you can, can be a writer yeah. too. Interesting. Um, then another one, um, 
this is just like a classic. The Little Red Hen is yes. another one. Yes, mm-hmm. I love because uh, that's that's one which like if you don't work, you don't get to yeah. partake. Yeah, that one's really good. Or she'll and she'll say, "Well, I'll do it myself," mm-hmm. and that was that was like a line that we like to say. And <laughs> another one is "This Is Not My Hat" by John Clausen. It's about this little fish with a hat. It's it's a really good. One. That sounds really familiar. I, I like. I feel like if I could just picture the artwork. The cover is all black with this little like fish like little tiny fish with a hat um all the kids at the the ewing library this year uh heard that book and it is now a favorite checkout it is the first in the hat trilogy yes so <laughs> so <laughs> hat trick uh, you might say. <laughs> uh, okay well since uh shelly you brought it up uh read across america week mm-hmm. um so it used to be called dr seuss week but it's now read across america week right. it's march march 2nd to march 6th uh so it's coming up so what plans do you guys have, and are there any sp- specific books, Dr. Seuss or not, that you're going to throw in for that week? Uh, well, we're doing our book fairs that week, um, so we're going to have our book fair going on, and then we're also going to do on um, Dr. Seuss's birthday, the, on March 2nd, we're going to have a extended night uh, family reading night, and uh, we're going to, I think we're doing a camping theme, and so the parents can come. Um, after hours to shop with their kids and then we're going to transform the NPR into a camping theme and uh, let them bring you know spread out um, around the NPR and read their books with their kids so fun that's really cool that's a great idea yeah and um and when they finish the books, they can read some more. <laughs> Actually, we're doing little s'more packets to give away as um, that they can take home with them to, you know, make their little s'mores at home. So that's cute. Yeah, keep the mess at home, not yeah. in the school cafeteria. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or on the books. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I know, like, so I speak for the Ewing campus. Every library does, like, their own thing. Sure. So might not be the best. This is my first read across America week. Um, this idea has like really come to fruition in the past 24 hours. So Shelly doesn't even <laughs> know about it yet, but we've kind of talked about it a little bit. In one of our sessions at the TCA conference that we went to last week in San Antonio, we went to me and Miss Romanski went to a session. It was called peace, love and libraries. And they, this one school showed how they did like a March madness bracket of mm. like teacher read alouds. And so we're going to make a little bracket where teachers are going to sign up to read and so, like, the kids will vote on, like, seeing, like, ooh, that's Mr. Gonzalez, that's Miss Mason. But are they are they yeah, rating I, the teacher or the book? <laughs> the book. Well, they're picking their favorite read aloud. And are they are they rating them after they've heard the, the teacher so, yeah. read, or is it like, who, this is who I want to read to? No, me. it's like a YouTube. They'll, like, watch a YouTube video. Oh, very cool. That's yes. cool. Very As cool. of right now, there are two teachers signed up, so. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty quick bracket. <laughs> my goal Championship is to have 16. game first round. Yeah. <laughs> My you can get six. Well, I mean, you can, you can book a reader. Trey, do you want to tell true. us about the book a reader? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we we can talk about that. So we we tried this thing last year uh, to kind of uh, middling success, and I really wanted to get it back off the ground again this year. Um, where, you know, we hear from our, our teachers in our campuses that that central admin is a bit detached because we're not on campuses often. I know our IT department is, but some other departments may not get the, the benefit of being on campuses as frequently. Um, so I thought it might be a really good idea to not only give teachers some time back, but get us as central admin employees more ingratiated with our campuses, our teachers, our students. Um, so we set up this little uh, form that uh, all teachers can sign up for. It's on your class link. Uh, you just kind of give us some best times and uh, what book you want to read. And there's about nine or ten of us now that Connor has joined the ranks um, that will come out, you know, find a time to come to a classroom, read a book, read a chapter. Um, I got asked to read a part in 
uh, a Midsummer play, Night's Dream? The Midsummer Night's Dream oh, that the part? kids are doing. I don't know yet. Oh. I'm going cold. Um, he seems like a Lysander I kind of guy. Do you have a preferred part that you're hoping <laughs> no, to get? No, I don't. Um, is that the one with bottom? Yes. I want to be bottom. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go in cold. But uh, so anyway, if teachers, if you want us to come out, um, it's, you know, myself, Connor, Dr. Austin, uh, Jody Rabarchak. Uh, there's, a, there's a handful of other people. We got some new readers this year. Uh, we'd like to come out and, and, you know, throw us in the bracket. We'll, yeah. we'll go up against uh, all the rest. Yeah. I also have like a bucket of suggested read alouds. Like if the teacher can't figure out that I know would be like fan favorites. Oh, okay. So That's smart. Y'all could come out and record a video. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Book fair. Let's talk about the book fair because uh, Connor and I were talking about this a little earlier, and book fair was one of my highlights as a kid going to the library. Um, but I know maybe for the librarian it could be a lot to to manage and set up and tear down and, and coordinate. So just talk to us about your experience and your thoughts about the book fair. Well, I've I love book fair. It is uh, it is a big thing uh, to take on, and you're worn out by the end of the week. But I still get giddy about book fair, and the kids love it which makes me also love um love it too but um yeah i love um i love book fair uh, i don't remember ever having i don't think they had book fairs back in the 70s <laughs> when <laughs> i was in school but my kids always loved book fairs too yeah. so so there are times have any of y'all ever worked in the restaurant industry oh yes okay i so, went from servers to servers yes <laughs> so sometimes in the library it's kind of like you're, you're in the weeds like you've just got sat like nine tables and you have like five more tables to go yeah. because you have kids like waiting in line with like handfuls and handfuls of books and they have like a $2 bill and $3 and pennies. And so like then the line just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer and it can be quite stressful. Um, but it is fun to see the kids getting really excited. And also we, you get, we get to buy a lot of books for the library mm. from the money that is spent at book fair. So oh, nice. like for every X amount of dollars that kids spend at the book fair, we get like money to spend at the scholastic store. So, I mean, a lot of our coolest books in the Ewing library have come from purchases from like the students contributing to our library. So it's stressful. It's also fun, but it also, the rewards like pay off. Right. And, and you had said that, uh, you, because we have like students with different economic backgrounds that like you, it used to be like oh that kid's just buying an eraser he's not really yeah. but, but like sometimes that's all kids can afford right like yeah and so that was me so I was, I'm one of six kids money we didn't have a lot of opportunities so book fair maybe I would find like 50 cents in the jar my mom kept next to the like one washing machine that we weren't supposed to take money from. <laughs> uh, but it was an advance on your book report that you were going to <laughs> yes, read. <laughs> yeah. But then I was the kid that was buying like a pencil or a bookmark because I was like, I get books for free all the time at the mm -hmm. library. Mm -hmm. I want to maximize what I can get. <laughs> right. Right. I was a, uh, Classic how to build paper airplanes kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I feel like a book on magic tricks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like how to juggle. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. I bet your teacher loved it whenever oh, yeah. you got that book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Those spread like wildfire. Like one kid learns how to make a paper airplane, and then out of nowhere, like your whole class has like ten paper airplanes, yes. and you're like, where did these come from? And like, where did you get all the paper from? Like, there's different <laughs> colors of paper. It's not just like loose leaf. Like, like that one's yellow, and that one has like three things of duct tape on it. Like, like my kids, it wasn't, when I was teaching, it was um, like the ninja stars made out of paper. Oh, yes. you remember that, yeah. that was a whole yeah. big phase. Like, oh, did man. you learn, did you know how to make that? No. I didn't either. 
I can, cool make the, we, I can make the finger claws. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. big. What um, is a finger claw? Uh, it's just, just like a little. Just, yeah, you kind of. Have you ever it. eaten a bugle? Like it's like that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but they're oh, like wow. massive, and they go and they're kind like, of. You can pretend to be Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah. Or that you went to the nail salon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, so speaking of uh, Read Across America Week, Doctor Seuss Week. So there's a story uh, that Shelley Speller doesn't know I'm going to tell, but <gasps> so back in my first year at Pafford, um, she came to my office one time and she had this bag. Uh, and she's like, I, know, I I thought of you. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> so I'm not a gift-giving person. It is not my native love language. Yeah. But uh, Shelly knew that I like to wear fun ties. Um, and so she got me this cat in the hat tie. And I wear it every Read Across America week. Um, so yeah, I just want to share that story. Well, thank you. I totally, actually, I totally forgot about that. So glad that, um, I'm glad that you still have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember where, what made you get that? Do you have just like a closet of cat in the hat ties? <laughs> no, I just saw it at the store and thought about Connor. Isn't there a turkey tie or something too? I think but, that maybe. But she uh, also got me that one and that one every, <laughs> it's always like the, the Thursday or Friday before Thanksgiving break, I wear that, and like all the kids, like like, like whoa, that guy's got a cool tie. Like, yeah, I guess I kind of wish I could wear ties. You know, I should start wearing uh, suits. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cute. Um, okay, so also another fun thing that Shelly does, um, you do this like reading club, reading parties with your students. Um, can you tell us about that? So we do. Uh, it's the reading genre challenge that. Uh, all- it's um, all the kids are expected to do that, and I always have the kids raise their hand at the end if there's any questions. Yes, uh, what uh, what happens if we don't do the reading challenge? <laughs> so I just tell them, well, you don't want to find out, but <laughs> <laughs> but I just say this is an expectation, and so um, the library at Pafford is genreified, and so there. It, um, it's a challenge to try to read one book from each genre and there's 10 different genres uh, that are on this sheet and then you get 10 free choice and in the library there's uh, reading levels of, for every every uh, reader and so if just you know it's ch- there are chapter books but we also have lower level chapter books and then there's some students that get a little um you know, psyched out by a chapter book and it's too long, it's daunting. And so um, I'll, you know, if it's a student like that, then we'll do several different, um, like maybe depending on how large they are, five to seven um, uh, picture books, because this is like, this book is chapter one, chapter two. And mm-hmm. so that that's how they accomplish it. But then it's nice to watch them grow and see the success. And then they move on to chapter books. And so, but after, um, so at the end of each six weeks, and we used to do it where, um, okay, at the end of, you know, the first six weeks, you know, you need to have had at least, and they get these, um, after they finish reading a book, they can talk to me uh, about the book. And, you know, after two minutes of talking to the student, that you know if they've actually read the book or For not. For sure, yeah. And so, and sometimes I have had to say, well, you know, I don't know if this book might, um, you know, maybe it was boring and you just kind of breezed through it. Maybe you skimmed over it or it might have been too hard for you. But, um, you know, you got some of the questions wrong. Uh, and I'm just talking with them, like uh, asking them some questions about the book. And so, um, 
you know, you can have two choices. You can either, you know, take it back and read it, uh, you know, read it again, or you can turn it in and get something that's more interesting or maybe that's more on your level. And so, uh, but not very often does that happen. Anyway, after, if they have read the book, then they get a tag and we sign off on it. And so the kids will walk around with their um, genre tags, which are kind of like little dog tags on their necklace. And uh, some of them put them on keychains and hook them to their backpacks. But it used to be where you get five genre tags and then you get to come to the party at, at that six weeks. Well, you know, it caught on where you could read five small, you know, easiest mm-hmm. books you possibly could. So I tell them it's not necessarily by the amount of tags you have because somebody might read a lot of small books and have several tags, but then there's somebody that might be reading a Harry Potter book. And so that's going to take them a lot longer and they might just get one tag for that. But basically what you need to be doing is reading 20 minutes a day, um, or a hundred minutes a week. And so, um, so if you need to skip a day, then make it up later on the weekends. But if you're reading about that, then you're on track. And so I just kind of go through and be like, yeah, I know that kid. He could probably have read more or, you know, they're participating. They're reading. At least yeah. that's what I want is for them to be reading. So at the end of the six weeks, then they get invited to come during their uh, AI time to the reading genre challenge party. And it could be anything from we've done um, – make your own ice cream sundaes and uh then they uh, you know always have a prize at the end it could be you know some stuff from the prize box it could be um we get to posters from the book fair you know just different stuff i go to the dollar tree and stock up on things but um they get a, a little prize and then sometimes they just hang out in the library and get to you know with all of the stuff that they never really have time <laughs> to play with all the makerspace stuff and um get a little a free time uh, we've done popcorn in a movie nice outside we'll have popsicles go outside and have extra recess time so um, but that's what they, um, the reading genre challenge parties are. It's every month. It's every, uh, every six weeks. Every six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that because you're, you're giving kids a choice. Like it's the mystery genre. You can pick what you, what kind of mystery mm-hmm. you want. Like it's yeah. your choice. Right. And it also is like, you're not just a sci-fi person. Like there's right. other genres and I'm sure there's one in that other genre that you would enjoy, you know? And I've had kids come to me and say, oh, you know, they love poetry and they would have never probably picked a poetry. But all of a sudden now, you know, there's this one boy that is turned on to Kwame Alexander and anything that he writes, he wants to read, you know, because he read Crossover, I think was the first one that he read. And then he read Booked and just, you know, wants to read the whole series now. So very cool. Um, and not to be a done of more cool things happening in the library. Um, Carolyn, could you tell us about your library ambassadors? Oh yeah. So for my SLO, um, <laughs> I thought it would be fun. Cause again, we don't use like the, the teaks. We have like library standards and the library standards are like, literally like the kids will check out. What is it? I don't like X amount of books a year, or you'll have X amount of books in your library type of things. So I thought to like m- monitor, like, grow leadership so they're in third and fourth grade I have a certain amount of kids from each class and they like filled out little job applications and every Friday at lunchtime they come in and we talk about like taking care of the library and they get like jobs for when they come to the library the next week so we have like the kids they check in they help kids check out pass out shelf markers and we're start like they're starting to get a little more helpful about shelving books and then if I've kind of talked with their specials rotation so if uh they go to a 
specials class multiple times that week because sometimes it just happens that way if it's okay with their specials teacher when they're in specials that's when first and second grade come and they need a little more help so they'll come in and they help the kids check out like uh second grade just started getting more into chapter books so when we talked about like the five finger rule about how to find a book that you can read so the second graders can come and like read to an older kid to help them find a book that they can read and they help them check out sometimes I'm they're so helpful that I'm like, I feel like I should be paying you. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it's a little more work than it is helpful, but some of them are every week. It's like they're learning more and more and it's, it's awesome to see. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, I love that too, because it's um, building student ownership, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not just Miss Harris's library. Like this is our library. Mm But what is the five finger rule? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, so I don't know how scientific the five finger rule is, and I don't <laughs> it's know. Very scientific. Okay, so um, really, it's I didn't when I taught second grade. Did you do it in the classroom, Charlie? Uh huh. Okay, so when you read the first, you're trying to find a good fit book because you don't want kids reading books that are too hard or books that are too easy. You right. kind of want that sweet spot. I think it's around like what, like 95% or something mm-hmm. like that. There is an actual number. Okay. Um, I used to know the Percent ac- fluency? Of accuracy. Uh, word accuracy. Like reading the words accurately. This- right. But it, isn't that the same as fluency or no? Fluency also gives you like a rate per minute. Well, I, I think that's what uh, I think of when okay. I think okay, of fluency. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so not, a, not a time, but... Okay, gotcha. So a way you can teach your kids that is they open up, they read the first page, and every word they don't know, they put up a finger... And so, oh, so if it's five, so right. if they have five fingers up, it's probably too hard. Gotcha. Um, especially in the kids going into new chapter books. Honestly, I'm happy for them to like read any chapter book. Mm-hmm. So, because I say like if you don't put up any, it might be too easy. But for right now, I really just focus on like too, too hard because I just want them to feel what it feels like to read a chapter book mm-hmm. and then finish it. Yeah. Because you have those kids that the first graders that come in and they see a Harry Potter book in there or a Diary of Olympic kid and they're grabbing it off the shelf and want to check it out. And I'm, and so we'll open it up and I just open it to a random page. And then I'll say, you know, if you can, if you miss five words, it's probably going to be too hard for you. And but they'll read through. And this is usually if they want to, because we check out two at a time. And so um, I encourage them to get their parents to, you know, it's like, you know, if it's too hard for you, maybe, uh, you know, an older brother or sister or a parent can maybe read you a chapter a night, but, and, you know, maybe you can read, you know, you're going to, if you challenge yourself, then, you know, you might get to be even a better reader and figure it out using your context clues. But I want you to also get something that's on your level. So I usually let them go ahead and check out one that's too hard for them if they really, really want it. But let's just pick one of these two Harry Potters or Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and then let's find something that's on your level that um, you you can read on your own too. One of my former co-teachers always said like that too hard book that kids, a lot of times kids go and just pick a book that's too hard, but it looks so cool and they want to be seen. She called that their like Ferrari book. Like like they're just like driving it around showing everybody like how nice they look in that book with that book. So that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the Harry Potter thing's interesting too, because that has so many like like Quidditch and Muggle has these words in there that like yeah, right? yes. you, you have to really know your your phonics uh, to apply to to new words that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that Ferrari book. Yeah, reading reading <laughs> Goblet of Fire, yeah, <laughs> like, taking it for a ride around town. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, Ms. Speller, you mentioned Makerspaces earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I, so I kind of want to talk about that because the library is is now so much more than than just books. So can you tell us about um, maybe some of the new, new and exciting things you're doing it in your libraries or, you know, the role that technology now plays, that kind of thing? Um, well, so two diff that's kind of two different parts for me. Um, the role that technology plays in the library now versus, you know, what libraries used to look like, like there's no reference section anymore. Uh, mm. You know, we don't have encyclopedias. Oh. We don't have yeah. everything is online. We, uh, you know, have... Um, they have Britannica on, for kids online, but it's not just, you know, reading an encyclopedia online. It's got videos. It's got, you know, click this link and then you can, uh, you know, see pictures of, uh, you know, different representation of whatever the subject is that you're looking looking at. Uh, so it helps a lot uh, with research. Um, and um, then the makerspace part of it, um, you know, usually like after you finish reading a book, ideally with, you know, more time, it was, is always the issue, but what, you know, makes it's fun to, um, you know, read a story, but then take it and, um, you know, apply, let them apply it to them. And maybe, um, I'm going to use, uh, an example of, um, like Angela Romansky, one of the other librarians, she did a Spookly the the Pumpkin story uh, at Halloween, and then all the kids made Spookly uh, the pumpkins out of various makerspace STEM, you know, type um, things. Like some kids might have done a Lego, some kids might have drawn, you know, some kids maybe you know did it for, with different materials, and um, maybe even did it online, um, you know an extension technology um extensions from the literature that they're mm. that they're getting um and when i say makerspace i mean we have a i have a makerspace section with my top number one favorite thing right now is the marble run and i know that miss um the marble run the marble m designing your own marble runs and so oh, cool. it's kind of yeah what's the marble run I don't so know. it comes with all these different uh you know parts it's kind of like designing a roller coaster or something like that but then you put the marble in there and then it uh you know, runs through the. Um, so it's mousetrap. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. mousetrap. Yeah. Okay. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very similar to mousetrap. I had definitely a, had a marble run set. Uh, okay. uh, when we're not recording, I'm, I'll, I can do the entire mousetrap jingle word for word. We're perfect. I, I was just going to say, it's a crazy contraption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, but no, that was one of my favorite things as a kid was that those marble sets. And there'd be like loops and little pinwheels and stuff that it would run into yes. on the way down. Love those kind of things. Yeah. The, that's, you know, they love doing those uh, type of things. Uh, the electronic circuits has always been a top favorite uh you know with the kids so they have independent you know after they finish checking out their books sometimes you know they can go and get different um makerspace um activities that they can go and, and work on and do um we've done challenges with the middle school kids we um last year when i still had the the uh, middle school kids with me one of the favorite things that they did was i had a bunch of um marshmallows and spaghettis and they were in different groups and so they had to build a contraption and it had to stand for at least five minutes but whoever could do the largest tallest we had different categories you know and uh with marshmallows with and spaghetti marshmallows and you know spaghetti hard spaghetti and oh okay you know, i was gonna say like <laughs> how, how tall can you really well, get tie the spaghetti around the marshmallow <laughs> 
Okay. That and means. so, uh, which I mean, that's, so makerspace to different people looks like different, you know, things. Uh, you know, I read a story, um, Ava's violin about the uh, mm-hmm, yeah. orchestra. And so we made, um, maracas out of two spoons the plastic easter egg beans and then they could decorate you know wrap them together with duct tape and you know decorate them up paint them up whatever um so i mean i consider that a makerspace thing because they're making an instrument sure so, mm-hmm. that's awesome real, real quick i just want to say because you mentioned the reference section like not existing <laughs> yeah. so just the other day manolo sends an email <laughs> and so I, I didn't know this was a feature in Classlink. kids can give feedback on apps so they, oh. yeah, yeah, so I'm, do with that what you will. I'm excited. Uh, and so, and so this kid said, apparently we still have on students' devices on ClassLink is dictionary.com. Uh-huh. And he's like, no one uses this anymore. We have Google. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, a good point. The reviews are in. Yeah. That was like really an effective feedback. I know. And we're like, oh yeah, we probably should get rid of this. Thanks yeah. for taking the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything specific, anything so, new and exciting in your library? Oh, new and exciting. Well, so my campus... Our campus is more established, but our library is not yet. So a lot of my work has been getting just like the book part of the library up to snuff. So I've been working really hard at like genrefying the library, taking out like decrepit books um, and trying to get more exciting books. So I hope to get more makerspace activities. And it's been a mindset shift to uh, for me because I have I was always a reading teacher. I was a reading instructional coach. So kind of going into this more area of STEM extensions and like creation type extensions after we read. And that's one way that I'm growing as yeah. a librarian. Uh, exciting things in our library because our library isn't super established. Like there's been an IA like inconsistently. And like last year there was even like a couple months where no one was in the library, but kids would come and check out. Mm. So the kids at our campus are not used to bringing books back. Mm. Um, or if they bring them back, they're like falling apart. So I have created a new incentive every month. We have our top patron of the month of kids that are checking out books. I like that. And then our top class of the month, um, because if they're checking out books, that means they're bringing them back. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the top class of the month gets a little like uh, mochi, squishy. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I know those. And yeah. they're a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also... With the big thing, I feel like in all the district libraries is the Battle of the Books mm-hmm. that Shelley and Miss Rocket put together last year, um, and we're, so it's a competition for the Blue Bonnet books. And mm. um, at the end of the school year, we'll have a campus-wide Battle of the Books where our kids who have read the Blue Bonnet books are in a team and they compete answering questions about the books. Oh. And then the top two teams get to go to our district competition and they get to go to the water park. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, they get to go to the water park? Epic yeah. water park. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. Wow. <laughs> so they're very excited yeah. about that. And uh, I also have kind of created like a little incentive. I saw on TikTok, there's the contoured librarian. And she bought all these um, little like resin ducks and just like hid them all around her school. And they're like really cute. And I didn't want to do that, but I thought they were really cute. So the kids, after they finish a book, they'll get a little resin duck and there's levels. So like after their first book, they get a yellow one and then a white mm-hmm. one. Level nine, which is because I got nine different colors, is glow in the dark. Oh, so yeah, the super kids are fun. Yeah. And then I have some kids that are really ambitious. So now I have bought other little tiny resin animals. So I have like little farm animals. <laughs> and um, 
birds and like just random things that came in and sat on Amazon. But mm-hmm. the kids are getting pretty hype about their little little ducks. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. A uh, selfish question, just more of the work Connor mode here for a second. How are you tracking the top class of the month? Is that in oh, Destiny? Oh, in, in Destiny, okay. yeah. I'm just curious. Okay. Real quick, because uh, I mentioned how technology is affecting the libraries or what impact it has. Uh, uh, the concept of is what I was referring to, but I also want to say the effect that the technology department is having on your libraries and that you guys are also running our student device check-in, check-out program. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you because I, I know that's uh, another thing, you know, added onto your plate. And you guys, uh, specifically this year, uh, our team of librarians have been super helpful and give us a lot of really good feedback and how we can kind of tighten up these processes um, so that you're, you know, able to do more fun things like this without having to worry about the uh, the headache that is student device breakage, you know? Yeah. So it's thank you. Likewise. We are like so grateful for y'all mm-hmm. and like how like systematic you've made it for fixing devices. I do feel guilty sometimes on pickup day though, when I have like <laughs> 10 computers and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, it, you it won't be the first time, won't be the last time for you or any other campus. So, uh, it's just part of the thing. So, but thank y'all. Okay. So let's talk future. Where would you like to see TBP's library specifically, uh, in the future, what's some things that you'd like to, you know, add or, or start to look at uh, in the coming years? Is there anything you saw maybe at TCEA that you'd like to bring back and incorporate? Oh, gosh, there's tons of stuff. Uh, you know, of course, you know, makerspace uh, activities in the in the library for the kids to come in and do. Um, you know, I feel like we've kind of transitioned in and out with, in in my library with uh, in different stages, and I want to... Uh, I feel like sometimes stuff is added, but then uh, we have to take away stuff ever so often mm. due to time. And um, I mean, I, my vision of the library, I want it to be open in the mornings for the kids to come in. And, um, you know, I used to have a, uh, we had an art club, an anime club that came in and uh, and would work on stuff We uh, in the mornings, but uh, also have that makerspace uh, stuff that the kids love playing with, have that open and uh, have it available, but then also still quite enough for those kids to be able to come in and sit and read. And, uh, I mean, I have kids checking out books in the morning all the time right now. Anyway, also bringing in devices and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, sure. The and then also, you know, so having uh, all of our libraries have a nice, you know, makerspace area, and then um, the um, community outreach part of our standards, I feel like, you know, that is part of the library standards for for us, and um, I would like to do more community outreach, um, you know, things. Uh, I mean, and that's with our, our community of, um, TBP, but then also, you know, outside, which, I mean, honestly, our book fairs, anybody can come. We have signs yeah. outside. Anybody can come, you know, to our book fairs, but... Um, I did not know that. That's really cool. Yeah, like so, non-TBP kids and, and families and stuff can come. Oh, yeah. So That's really cool. Uh, something that we were, had talked about, and I think, Caroline, this might have even, uh, we might have talked about this um, with a lot of books that, you know, she and I are both, it was before have grown our libraries and it was all about the quantity you know before and so now we're starting to get the quantity and now we're turning a little bit more towards the quality of the book so we have these you know ratty looking paperback books that uh you know pages are torn they've been taped and glued and stapled and so uh you know whenever we're weeding out those books we have the little libraries that are on the playgrounds which i love and the kids the teachers will tell me oh my goodness uh ruby was playing miss 
speller today. She was the librarian, and all the kids would come up, and they were checking out books from Ruby, and she'd got all the books from that little library. That's uh, really cute. They play book fair sometimes, and so, uh, and then sometimes kids will just get books out of there and read, and uh, you know, while they're on the playground. And so, I do love that. But then also too, we had talked about maybe some of the um, like local women's shelters or uh, homeless shelters. You know, there's. We actually have students that mm-hmm. have been yeah. uh, have lived there, and so to you know maybe even bring books to donate there, but um, even to maybe go and read you know do read aloud sometimes here and there uh, for you know an evening that type of community outreach type. I love stuff that. Too. That's great. You know. Yeah. Okay, so this is where I get kind of really passionate. <laughs> so obviously, the top thing would be a library full of good quality books that like would interest all of our students and it would be cool to have a makerspace but like my ultimate passion is it for the library to be a space that extends from their like what they're learning in class Mm. um so not even just like these like stem extensions or whatever and i know like amplifies like a really hot topic and like controversial and stuff but when kids are learning about so many different things and like Mm -hmm. especially in their reading or even in their math um Ideally, I would love the library to be a place where they could come and extend off of that and hopefully like either research or make things that could ideally like impact the world. There was always the talk about like the achievement gap and all the things, but now they're saying it's more of like a knowledge gap. Yes. And so one of our, our yeah, our students like compared to students in a more affluent neighborhood, like where their parents might be taking them to museums or on trips where they get to see the world and know the world, our, a lot of our students lack background knowledge. They're not smarter. It's not that they're not smarter or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just sometimes it's hard for them to read things because they don't know what's being talked about because they lack experience. So mm-hmm. one way to do that is like through becoming on experts on the things that they're learning about in class. So mm-hmm. the benefit of not just like reading random things all the time versus like an actual like unit of things, it makes them experts on something. So mm-hmm. I would love for the library to be a place that could help them build as experts or find something interesting that the, about what's going on in class and extend their knowledge or extend their curiosity, mm-hmm. whether it be reading about it or whether it be um, building something or reaching, finding a place that they could maybe like go with their family to learn more about it. Um, that is something that would be my dream. Yes, completely. I completely agree. I have a lot to unpack on there. Yeah. Um, so I was really hoping you bring up the knowledge gap. So yeah. the, the knowledge gap, it's a book by uh, Natalie Wexler. There's also another book called Reading Reconsidered by Colleen Driggs, Doug Lamoff of Teach Like a Champion fame and Erica Woolway. We'll link those in the show notes. Um, but the idea being like, like Carolyn was saying is so that let's say you have like one kid from an affluent neighborhood who has, let's say, more experiences, and his family takes him to the Holocaust Museum, right? And then another kid who doesn't have those experiences because his parents don't take him to the Holocaust Museum. Like, when you read, let's say, Number the Stars, like, the kid who's been to the Holocaust Museum is able to make inferences better in the book. Not mm-hmm. because of any, like, I'm better at making inferences than you, just because mm-hmm. I have more to draw from in my background knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the idea behind Amplify is, like, let's expose kids to a wide range of topics and build their background knowledge. So then they say, like, even in that book, they talk about, like, the famous, like, baseball study. Yes. Of, like, so they gave uh, kids a text on baseball, and the 
kids, like struggling readers took the test, advanced readers took the test, but the kids that excelled the most were the kids that knew about baseball. Right. So the biggest predictor of their success was their background knowledge. So huh. yes, oh. the, the kids who were not super strong readers, but knew a lot about baseball outperformed the kids who were strong readers, but didn't have background knowledge about baseball. That was the, like, I guess, surprise or whatever, but it's now known. Um, and, but okay, but you, it says mine, it's a mindset shift because, um, in the past it would just be like, you had your kids grouped as like struggling reader, mm-hmm. advanced reader, but it's also like, it's once they know the basics of reading, it's there's it's more nuanced yes. than just like oh I'm a struggling reader or I'm mm-hmm. an advanced reader, right? And to your point about the library, it's like the library is a place where you extend that knowledge building and and like hunger for knowledge almost. Mm-hmm. So for instance, one of the things the seventh graders read in Amplify this year was um, about Phineas Gage. I don't know if you guys are familiar, mm-hmm. but so so you want to <laughs> you want to say it? Oh no, you got well. He was wasn't uh, he was. Uh, I'm, a, a railroad person. A yeah, he was working on the railroad, railroad all the live long day. Yeah, goes through his head, and uh, so and but the and so a lot of the brain research that we have now is because of Phineas Gage because he mm-hmm. didn't die and he uh, has this spike in his head for I don't know many many hours. But he was a different di- personality. Person. Yes, like that was the crazy part yeah. is is that like he was alive and like could do things, but it wasn't uh-huh. like the same, same Phineas person. Gage. Uh-huh. And so like, that's a great extension activity for the kids to be like, I want to learn more about Phineas Gage and like brain injuries and, uh-huh. you know. No, but it has been crazy because some kids, I think fourth grade read about, oh snap, like Blackbeard or something like that. Okay. Uh, and so the kids found Treasure Island, which when I was going through the library, I was like, nobody want to read this. I almost <laughs> weeded it and took it out, but I didn't. But when they found it, they were like, oh my God, it's Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. but they were act- they were excited to see something that they already knew a little bit about and learned more about. Right. Um, so ideally what I would love to say, so say another unit fourth grade that they learned about famous inventors and like the things they invented. It'd be cool if they could come to the library, learn about more inventors, mm-hmm. m- learn more about other inventors and then possibly think like, well, what could I invent? Mm-hmm. And then have the space there to possibly like, if we had like a 3d printer, like invent mm-hmm. something to make like the lives, our lives easier at school or, um, someone in their families or so just creating that like real world tangible element. I love that. That's very cool. Uh, okay. So shifting gears a little bit about, I think, and we were talking about this maybe at TCA or maybe on the car ride down, but like even the notion of, of what a book is has shifted. Like, so right now the current book I'm reading, Oh, it was because I was reading the Crossroads book on my Kindle and you thought it was a Britney Spears one. <laughs> so I was reading a book on my Kindle and I was like, yeah, like, do you guys like in your own spare time, do you read books like paper books or do you read digital books? I'm or? an audio book man myself. Okay. Audio books. Yeah. yeah. Do you do Long audible? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Same here. In fact, I was listening to my audible on the way. I, I, I always have an audible um, going because we, I try to read all of the blue bonnets and Lone Star books Uh and uh, there's just, and then also I have a lot of books that I want to read, and then my book club books, you know. So I usually have probably on average about four to five books going on at a, at a time, and depending on how many, uh, you know, what mood you're in, it's like uh, that's a little too deep or too heavy. And so, uh, you know, I'll pick up something that's a, a little bit light, more lighthearted. And um, but I have I always do the audio, uh, audibles, but I'm not a Kindle uh, reader. I like the paper books, and so um, 
Is it the it's, like the tactile yeah, nature of it? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. And I love. I mean, I don't know. I just I like having a book all the time with me. So, is it because yeah. like especially when you have a, a physical copy of a book and it's one that you're going to keep? Oh. Sometimes you'll want to go back to a certain part, and it's yeah. kind of harder to for for that mm-hmm. aspect to go yeah. back to a little page on your Kindle, like on the little dial. That yes, shows, but you like, can yes and no. I, yeah. I, I, I use the search feature a lot because I'm like, no, that character definitely said that line before so I can search the word or phrase and be like, oh, it was this, you know, whatever. But it's where it fails is like, if they said a synonym of that word, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they, if they said like, like forest, but it, or, and then it was like trees well, and, you're, yeah. and you're like, oh, that wasn't, yeah, so. But so yeah, I, I do to and your you point, Caroline, the through, through the, the trees. trees. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> To your point, though, Caroline, I do. There are also like paper books I've read where I know exactly like where on the page that quote is. Yes. Like it's in the top right, and yeah. I read books with pencil and all the time too. Oh, yeah. Writing notes in it. I love when I go to half price books and I buy a book and it has somebody else's notes because it's like we're reading it together. You know, I'm like, ah. I know I love that part too. Mm-hmm. It gets. I do that too. And sometimes when you get like, sometimes I read self help books. <laughs> self help books and. Uh, to see read people's notes in those books mm. can be quite entertaining. Like yeah. it'll be talking about like some type of personality disorder and like, it'll be like Jim question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Ooh, I want to know who Jim is. Yeah. <laughs> so I do audiobooks Definitely. I do audible and I, I check out audiobooks from the public library mm-hmm. through Libby, the Libby yes. app. Oh, um, cool. but if it's a fit, I typically read physical copies of books. Um, a couple years ago, in 2019, on the summer break, I went on a month-long camping trip, and I brought 20 library books with me as I traveled to a bunch of national parks in Washington and back, and I decided I would never do that again. So <laughs> I've decided for traveling, I might... I have read books on my iPad before, and I'd probably do that if I were going on a month-long trip again instead of bringing 20 library books with mm-hmm. me yeah. in yeah. my little <laughs> Toyota Camry. <laughs> Probably save on gas mileage with that many yeah. books is the wait. Um, there was something else I was going to ask you. Oh, for you guys who read Audible, mm-hmm. do you do it on the one time speed or do you do 1.5 yeah. or like 1.2? It, it depends on the person uh, that's reading it, but I usually at least go 1.5 because, I mean, I've got to get them out. You know? <laughs> and uh, right now, uh, the I, I have it on 1.5, but I love reading um autobiographies especially i have to say my very favorite one was matthew mcconaughey's uh green uh green lights and i read the book and i loved it and then my daughter-in-law told me oh my gosh i just listened to green lights on audible and uh he's the one who's uh reading it and it just gives you a whole nother experience so (laughs) i prefer now to have memoirs read them with an auto audiobook especially if the author is the person reading it it's their story yeah Uh yeah so i start the book I try to start books at one to like get me in because sometimes if I start it too fast then I'm half like Mm -hmm. then I might like jump off the wagon with that book because I'm like what's going on again so once I kind of got a hold for what's going on I might increase to 1.2 but if it's a really heavy book I'll go I'll keep stay at one okay just like my podcast, I can't. I can't go. It, it sounds too goofy. When it's, <laughs> yeah. one, when it's I can't one, focus on it. I'm like, yeah. When it's when it's faster, yeah. Oh, you it's do one times. One time, uh, yeah. One time. Oh, one time. interesting. What about you, Connor? <laughs> uh, so I'm not. I'm not really an audiobook person. Um, but I, for podcasts, it's 1.5. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few that are exceptions. Um, like one's like a speaker. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. He pauses are intentional. So I have to. But my wife can't stand the 1.5. She's like, turn that off. I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay. So do y'all, since y'all read audiobooks a lot or listen to them, I guess, 
Uh, do you ever find yourself having certain readers that like you can't listen to their books? They like bug you so much. We actually we did a um, kind of an IT department book study kind of thing of I don't know six months or so, something last year, and it was uh, Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was an, you know an interesting book. But the guy who read it just his voice I just couldn't get through it because his voice just was not fun for me. He was kind of very dry and I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. I read Crazy Rich Asians on the audiobook, and then I started playing the second one, and it's a different narrator. Mm. So mm. the first time I heard all the characters in my head through this one person's voice, and then they changed it to oh, the it's second voices. Book. Well, no, for the second book, it's a whole new person. Mm. But does it do different voices for the characters? I mean, they probably inflect differently, okay. but mm. it's like not different people. But it's this okay. a different narrator than the person that narrated the first book, and I couldn't finish that book because it was. It was yeah. not the same. It was a different person. <laughs> I never finished them, but I started listening to the Harry Potter books because I've never read them. I've just, I like the movies. Uh, and I think it's Stephen Fry who does the the audio versions. Um, and he does different voices. I mean, for, Stephen for, uh, Fry, of course he does. It's, yeah. It was so much fun. I don't yeah. know why I fell off. Maybe I need to pick yeah. it back up. Um, but you, you, you pointed out something. I, I always feel like a, I'm lying. If people are like, well, what's the last book you read? I, I have to say, I, I listened to uh, this or whatever. I feel like I'm lying. Why do you feel like you're lying? I don't know. There's probably some personal, uh, you know, uh, imposter syndrome thing that I need to, I don't know. Jim? Question mark? Question mark? Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't, because I don't, I don't like reading. I can't, I get too distracted and I I can't focus. But if I'm like in the car and I can't get away from the book, then it's much easier for me to, to get through it. Right. But I feel like you are selling yourself short because like, if you've listened to the audiobook, like you're familiar with the story, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Uh, there are two librarians in here that it says it's okay for you to listen to okay, audiobooks yeah. and said you, you and say, say you read them. Okay, good. I used to feel that way too uh, because I didn't actually read the book, so I would say, "Oh, I read, you know, Green Lights," and then I'd say, "Well, I didn't actually. I didn't read actually. It. I, I didn't read it. <laughs> I do the same. Uh, <laughs> well, technically, I, I, I guess. listen to it, yeah. but yeah, but I don't say that anymore because I also let my readers know at school too that yeah. it's okay to listen to the audio book. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I'm gonna check out Libby reading comprehension as well to, to get some some of those free ones at school. Yeah. Uh, so what genres are popular with, with our students? What, what's the, what are the hot books right now? Well, genres is graphic novel. That's hands mm. down is the top number one favorite genre of, uh, students. Now they've, all the students like, um, graphic novels. Can um, I add on to that? Yes. So please. y'all, all the books that you used to like to read mm-hmm. have, are, that have been turned into graphic novels now. So Babysitter's Club is mm. like a hot topic uh, okay. book, that graphic novel. Uh, Bailey School Kids, Goosebumps. Uh, mm. Magic Treehouse. Magic Treehouse. Uh, the I Survived books. So they're trying to... Trying to okay. I think even maybe maybe Boxcar Children. Yeah, the Boxcar Children are coming out with uh, graphic novels. But what also about like the Hardy classics? Boys and Encyclopedia Brown? Uh, not <laughs> yet. Yet, I say. They will, I'm sure. because But a lot of the classics now... Um, I was just having a conversation with Anna Watson last night, a text conversation, about every time a classic graphic novel comes out... I'm An angel a, gets its wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to pick it up because, you know, this like Treasure Island, you know, she wouldn't have thought that the kids wanted to read that but if it was in a graphic novel format they're gonna read it you know so uh, I try to get all the graphic novels but um, also too 
maybe if they have read graphic novels of like Wings of Fire is a real popular series right now with the kids. And so they, uh, if they've gone through the graphic novel Wings of Fire and then they realize, oh, there's chapter books, then they might read mm, some of the other right. uh, books. That's also happened with girls fighting over the babysitter club. Like they, you know, both they wanted this, but and I was some them, things well, never change. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back around. So yeah. I pulled out one of the, the chapter books, which actually these, I had the whole set of babysitter club uh, and I donated it to our library and so I went and grabbed one of our old chapter books and I showed them read the first little blurb on this and it was uh, and I said now read the first sentence it's exactly the same story it's just you know in a different format so why don't you read the chapter book she reads the graphic novel and then y'all can switch and then y'all can compare and see was it exactly the same and so anyway those girls I don't know if they completed that challenge but (laughs) they took it at that time they stopped fighting over they stopped fighting (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I was telling on on the way to TC I was telling everybody and my one of my students in our library told me like Miss Harris you need more um, books with a Y2K aesthetic and (laughs) what (laughs) and so I was like girl I have Y2K aesthetic here's American Girl here's like old school babysitters club like here is your Y2K aesthetic Um, so okay Okay. that's funny Uh, so you kind of talk genres but like so I remember like when I was a kid, like Harry Potter like was the popular series and it was like the age of like people like waiting in line for the bookstore like pre-Amazon like to like get the, you know, the Order of the Phoenix like and then when I was teaching, it was like the Hunger Games was the hot series because like it's being made into a movie now and Jennifer Lawrence is going to be like and it was like that was like the big series like what you mentioned Wings of Fire like what is like the hit series now? Wings and you know, I I'm elementary middle school they uh middle school was just you know moved out last year but wings of fire real popular um also the inheritance games uh that was one the inheritance that, games the inheritance games that's okay. a hmm. new series that, Is uh, that like was dystopian or yes uh, well no 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 it's not dystopian i'm sorry it's uh so the inheritance game is a girl inherits this large large amount of money but she has to one of the stipulations is that she has to go and live um, at this house, this mansion, and there's this is the grandfather um, has given this money to her, but she has to live there at this mansion for I believe a year with um, the and there's the four grandsons, and so they're wondering what's where's this girl coming from? We don't even mm. know you. He didn't even know her, and so anyway, uh, that's kind of where it's uh, where it goes. So uh, it's. I would say probably mystery-ish is uh, what genre I would qualify that probably as, but there's three of them. But that was a, it was a Lone Star book last year. I think part of the, uh, and this is at our our campus, um, part of the reason too, uh, the Lone Star books, we, you know, do, like she said, the um, Battle of the Blue Bonnets and we do Battle of the Lone Stars. And so we had, um, you know, a lot of the kids that were reading the Lone Stars, that was a favorite book. But then several of the teachers there also were getting into it. And so the teachers, uh, you know, talking it up and then buying the book, the, the second book, and then have, you know, talking about it with the kids and stuff. But I think overall that was a very popular book. Um, that's, you know, the, uh, the series, um, I don't really know that there's anything like the like right now. We don't have a Harry Potter or the Hunger Games series. But what, what is the it? one series of books that an elementary school, especially an elementary boy, comes in 
What is he asking you for? Oh, uh, well, uh, dog man died yep. of a wimpy kid. I was going to say, I, from what I heard <laughs> from your conversations at TCA, it was dog man. Yeah, so. dog man and, and died of a wimpy kid. Those are, you okay. know. And you know what? So Die of a Wimpy Kid, though, I mean, they range, the reading levels of them mm-hmm. range pretty um, pretty far. And it could be from a third grade level, but then the next one might come out, and it's actually considered a sixth grade level reading. And it's all, you know, on the vocabulary and words that are in there. But, um, you know, there's we have um, adults that, you know, work at our school that now come in and will still check out the guy's well there's one employee that works at our school that was one of my students that he used to yeah. check out Diary of a yeah. Wimpy Kid and then he came by and was like hey Spell are you still you got any new Diary of a Wimpy Kid <laughs> we actually just had a brand new Diary of a Wimpy Kid come out That's and so awesome. he checked it out and reading it and which is great because now you know, some of the other students see him reading, you know, the same kind of books and so and they're like that's why I couldn't check that book out <laughs> he beat me to it I also kind of when a kid comes in and is like, but I only want dog man. I get it. I get it. But in the back of my head, I'm like, so unoriginal. Like, <laughs> like, like there's so many better things you could be getting, but that's like not the right thing for me to R- say. Right, but, right. Um, I feel that way. That's like a, an honest moment. <laughs> Basic. Uh, okay. So this is also kind of related to our, our conversations about like paper books versus digital books and um, even, even like the graphic novel and changing it into a different format. But, but I don't know, like, Maybe you guys have noticed this, maybe not, maybe it's just a me thing. But so on, on career day, this is, this is a couple of years ago, we had a journalist come in and he was like talking to our seventh grade students. And he, he said, um, like, what is frustrating for me about your generation is that like, you guys like don't sit and read like articles anymore. You just want like a two minute YouTube video. And he's like, so we've changed our newspaper to be like, put out more videos instead of articles. And so I find this because, uh, I play video games and when I like want to look up like a walkthrough of like a level, I don't get like an article, which right. I want, like, which I would just want to control F the article and find like where exactly the thing that I'm looking for is. And it's like, watch this like four minute video. I was like, no, I don't want to watch a four minute video of someone like playing through this game. Like I just want the answer. So I don't know. Have you guys like seen like we're becoming less text based and more video based or? I, so I, I think something a little different, I think a bigger difference is people are more into just like reading the headlines for mm-hmm. things like yeah. on Twitter, or even like a lot of times when like people send me articles, I just read the headline and I'm like, OMG, can you believe this? <laughs> and like literally, uh, I got an article sent to me this morning. I was like, maybe I should actually read it. And I actually read the article, but often I find myself just looking at the headlines or like the sure. Twitter short little blurb, yeah. um, than actually even watching a video, which... <laughs> So even even more reduced yes. attention, just yes. just the 140 character limit, or yeah. isn't Elon Musk going to change that? Or did I hear that right? Or he's going to change a lot of things. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, that's the, yeah, it's hard to say. Understatement. Um, what about you? Well, um, so for instance, like we were talking earlier, uh, there's not the reference um, section in the library. So we go TextQuest is where we have all of our reference um, databases are in that one location. And so they have, there's several different ones that they can pull up, but every single one of them you can click on, you know, it'll say, give the article and, um, but then it'll say, Here's four articles, here's five videos, here's, you know, and so it gives different um, features for them to click on. And But the kids tend to go to the, vi- you know, I feel like the kids like to watch the videos of, um, of the, but you know what, they're also looking at the article, you know, I see kids looking at the articles too, so I don't know, I kind of, 
the variety, um, I guess it depends on, you know, what type of person you are, too, because, um, you know, some people are visual learners, some people are uh, show me how to do it, and some people like to read it and figure things out, so listen to it. I guess it depends on how, what kind of learner you are. So mm-hmm. in a way, if you have a variety of um, things for them to to reference, then, you know, it can hit on, um, you know, all the different types of learner and kind of differentiate for that individual person. Sure. I mean, that's what we talked about with audiobooks, right? Like yeah. Hearing a book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've, we've done it. Uh, we're going to move on to our final two questions. These are the questions we ask every guest at the Bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, we'll start with, uh, if you could just tell us about a teacher uh, that maybe even a librarian <laughs> that uh, had a significant uh, impact on your, on your life. Okay, so I'm not like the typical, I was an education major, but I wasn't the typical education student that when they all went around the class and they were like, I'm becoming a teacher because this teacher impacted my life. I was always like really quiet and shy in school and I like really felt, I would say fell through the cracks. There were times in like middle school where I was the class class clown, but a lot of times I was just like really shy and never really connected with my teachers and I never felt smart. So when I graduated high school, I didn't think I was smart enough to go to college. So I just went to community college telling myself once it's too hard because I'm too dumb, I'll just drop out. So then... Uh, two years later, I finished community college and I was like, oh, well, maybe I just didn't get to that class. That was too hard yet. So then I went to the University of North Texas and had to declare a major, even though like I had never pictured myself going into a career with a college degree. Um, and my mom was like, you're so good with all your siblings. You should be a teacher. And I told her, no, that's so boring. <laughs> Teachers do the same thing every day. It's the most boring thing in the world, which is funny because we've all been in schools and know that it's definitely not boring. No, 100% not boring. <laughs> and so I would say like a teacher that really impacted me, her name was Dr. Wickstrom and she was in one of my senior level education courses. And she was the first person that actually made me feel smart. And like, there was a moment like where she was actually like talking to me and we were having like a really like intellectual conversation. And I like looked around and like the rest of the class were like on their phones and doing other things. And I'm like, wait, isn't everybody excited about this? Doesn't everybody want to talk about this? And it kind of clicked for me. Like she kind of had to like awaken in me, like you are like smart. You can like, you belong here. You can do this. And so she never really like did anything above and beyond, but just the fact that she, I feel like she like was the first time I felt seen, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, is like kind of why I became a teacher because my biggest passion is for the kids that go unseen, mm-hmm. you know, that might be a little quiet, might like smell a little bad, might just, um, be a little weird. My goal was always, especially when I was in the classroom was to like be there for the kids that the other teachers might not ever notice. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm so inspiring. Yeah. You know, uh, well, and what's interesting about that too, is that like you couldn't picture that kind of future for yourself. Like I'm not the kid who can, even graduate from college, but like Dr. Wickstrom was it mm-hmm. like saw that potential in you. And then like you saw it in yourself. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was, it, I remember it was like a distinct moment of just like looking around and just being like, it was, it, it was really meaningful. Yeah. And then I even went on to get a master's degree. So I, I guess I haven't found out. <laughs> you didn't take that class. It was too hard. Right? Yeah. I haven't taken Shows it. Shows what you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, I did, uh, one class I dropped in college was college, uh, P.E. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the hardest for me, too. Yeah. 
So it's funny because we're so similar in so many ways. And I would say definitely the teachers that stuck out. I didn't have a teacher that stuck out at me uh, to me. The ones that, that stuck out to me were the ones that made me feel smart. And so, I, like I said before, I struggled with reading as a kid. Um, you know, back in the 70s, I don't think they even, I don't know if they diagnosed dyslexia. But as a teacher and starting to, you know, learn about dyslexia, and I'm, you know, kind of, uh, I was thinking, okay, well, uh, I'm pretty sure this was me when I was a kid. And you just, you learn all these different little behavior modifications and different things that, you you know, I still, as an adult, will follow along with my finger, you know, sometimes at all the little uh, things that you can do uh, to help dyslexia students. Anyway, I figured out how to read myself, and uh, then, um, and I was an, um, I was a strong student, uh, I would say, because I worked my tail off to be that way I didn't uh, I wanted to always um, I always I didn't want I felt stupid also and I didn't want to uh, to be that dumb kid because I knew I wasn't and uh, there was one time I guess grammar was kind of a, a strong point for me I had a teacher that uh, I'm just going to beep myself because she was that, uh, and she was super mean, but um, she would, uh, we would have these uh, long sentences, and so we would come in the class, and uh, we would diagnose them, and, or dissect them, sorry, dissect them, and so she would ask, uh, you know, what is, she'd have her stick and point to it, what is this part of speech? We'd have to raise our hand and, uh, you know, tell, so uh, kids kept, you know, we'd get them wrong, and then I would get them right, and so anyway, I won, uh, you know, this big sentence and I just kept going and going and uh, she would put up another sentence and then uh, she never stumped me and so it may and she <laughs> that was the first time like I said this lady she was very very mean but she made me feel really good because uh, she was surprised that I you know knew those and the parts of speech and um, and that's the sentences like uh, dissecting the sentences and then there was um also in high school, there was a, a teacher that um, I would, I've always loved writing, and um, so one of the, the, I think it was my sophomore year, she came to me and asked me if I would uh, be interested in being in honors English, and I was, you know, pulled back because a lot of English is reading, and, uh, you know, I didn't know, but she said, your writing is just awesome, and I feel like you need to be in honors, uh, in honors English. It's a little more work, but, uh, you know, I think you can do it, and so that, you know, it stuck out wow. as one of those things where it made me feel smart, and so those are the teachers, the two teachers I feel like when you make a kid feel smart and feel worthy, then, you know, they're going to remember you. So I always try to make kids always feel smart. You know? Right. Well, again, that teacher saw that potential yeah. in you. Like you mm -hmm. couldn't be an honors English student, but you hadn't visualized yourself as Never. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you for mm -hmm. sharing. Um, so we go from the serious to kind of a little bit silly. Um, but music is also serious. Too. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so this is another question we added. So aliens are invading Earth. We have to evacuate to a different planet. And you get to take three albums with you that are going to be part of New Earth. Caroline did ask a clarifying question that okay. was like, everyone's taking three albums. Like, I'm not the only person. So, yes, like you are. You're I have been burdened by this. Like, <laughs> I've been haunted before going to bed because also I've been wanting to be on the pod, this podcast for a very <laughs> for five long, years, for a very yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was it was also I was very stressed out about trying to figure out like which character 
Uh, right, we, we reduced that question. Yeah. 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 So it, I was very stressed out thinking like it was my responsibility to choose three albums for all of humankind. <laughs> you were the only like, DJ for New Earth. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, man, like there's so do I do we need classical going on right. here? Like I was like, okay, it makes it makes me feel a lot better knowing that everyone is for bringing sure. three albums. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go first, Shelly? <laughs> I uh, this I struggle with this question because it's I have such a wide variety of genres that I just love so much. And I just got back from uh, Las Vegas at the Adele concert, and mm-hmm. she's one of my top favorites. And so I would have to say, and I struggled with, well, which one of her albums? Because they're all, you know, good. But I think 25 probably is the one that I love the most and have the uh, – the, the most of the songs that I love so much, but um, I also I love Ed Sheeran, and uh, so I'd have to multiply and divide are both wonderful. Um, but then, um, you know, I, if I go to my Pandora account, my go-to whenever I'm cleaning house and stuff, usually if I'm not listening to an audiobook, is uh, Ella Fitzgerald and mm-hmm. Louis oh, Armstrong. Nice. And, That's, uh, yeah. So... Um, and, but then I also, I love Eminem. Oh, <laughs> unexpected. And, uh, wow. So I feel like, you know what, he has a bad, he's given a really bad rap. I mean, yeah, he's No got, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> really good rap. I yeah, think. actually, true, yeah. true. Touche. The, um, but, I mean, he's very much, so if you listen to his music, it's very deep and dark, but he also came from a very deep and dark spot and sure, place, right. and he's, you know. He's a girl dad. He, yes, he mm-hmm. is, and uh, he's very poetic sometimes too so if you oh, want yeah. to listen to his stuff and red hot chili peppers so oh, okay. nice. favorites. now would so. you now would you go like californication Ca- californication okay mm-hmm. that's the right i'm I think not that's really favorite, yeah. i'm not i'm not really a huge fan of their new stuff that's just recently no. come out but um and then also i love fleetwood mac too so. i almost did Good. rumors well rumors well it's funny mom. that you mentioned fleetwood mac uh-huh. because it? because uh who uh for both of you who do you have a preferred lead singer of fleetwood mac stevie nicks Okay, Caroline. Same. That's the right answer. Mm-hmm. We are all allowed to have our own. Yeah, opinions. it's not a right <laughs> or wrong. Okay, so what are your opinions? Then you have to share. I'm Team McVie. I really love Christine McVie's voice. And I, do um, love her. I, I not I'm not to discount Stevie Nicks at all. I think mm-hmm. she's she's a phenomenal vocalist. Um, but I don't know. I just have a special special place in my heart for for Miss McVie. R.I.P. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my karaoke song is Landslide, so. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> that's like a little bit slow jam. Like that's that's it. changing the mood of the karaoke place. Sure. Okay. Um, Everybody takes out their lighter <laughs> <laughs> in the karaoke place. <laughs> okay. Okay. Caroline. Mine. It, this was very hard. I do have some honorable mentions I would like to start. I mean, Shelly got like <laughs> five, five or six albums. Yeah. So it's and Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> and Eminem. And, I forgot yeah. Rihanna. <laughs> You're cut off. Which one? <laughs> okay. Honorable mentions. Jagged Little Pill by nice. Alanis Morissette. Perfect album. Lemonade uh, by Beyonce. Okay. Uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yes. By Kanye. Yep. Um, every song. Kanye's a little crazy, but every song in that album is a hit. It's and it's, amazing. It's amazing. Yes. And then the Garden State soundtrack. Yes. Wow. Yep. And um, I realized if I chose the Garden State contract, my soundtrack my three albums would just be like way too moody yeah (laughs) (laughs) so those are my honorable mentions my three albums i would take are transatlanticism by death cab for cutie (laughs) yes being one of six children the first time i was able to drive a car i had a, a 1990 uh volvo and it before it was my car it was like family friends like four other boys 
first car. So it had a lovely smell just <laughs> that lived inside it of it. It was broken in. Yeah. Yes. But I always shared a room. I always shared clothes, everything. My little sister always used my toothbrush. But driving in a car was the first time that I ever like had independence. And the first thing I did when I got that car, I worked at Cracker Barrel. I saved up my money, bought a CD player for my car, and I bought Transatlanticism. And that album just like... It takes me back to like my freedom. So good. <laughs> um, I'm a plans man myself, but okay. transatlanticism is, is fantastic. Yeah. And then, fantastic. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean. Okay. Um, love that album. Okay. It was also hard to choose which Frank Ocean album I would choose because he's like one of my top people. Mm-hmm. And then Tapestry by Carol King. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh great. very good. Very nice. I do see now how if you had all, it would make it too moody. Because it was transatlanticism (laughs) and blonde and then the Garden State soundtrack. And I'm (laughs) like, New Earth is going to be like raining all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just they have lots of feelings about missing Earth. You know, so they. I need you so much closer. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, Great answers all. I like them. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. What? Journey. Oh, yeah, well. No more. <laughs> Shelly, you're done. Faithfully. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast talking to you, and you guys are doing wonderful things for our students, so thank you. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, go to our, our Ewing campus and our Pafford campus to the library and check it out. And check out a book. Yeah. I just check it out to the library. Yeah, job. yeah. Okay. It checks out. <laughs> Connor's like, just trying to wrap this episode up. Let's do it. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to The Bolt Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at The Bolt Pod for episode updates or reach out to us at thebolt at trinitybasin.net. As always, do more, expect more, and be more. And now Trey will perform the mousetrap song. <laughs> No, 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 come on, just do it. So it's, I, I'm not going to perform it, but it's... You've had it's, a big it's, talk. It's turn, the, it's turn the crank and snap the plank and boom the marble right down the chute. Now watch it roll and hit the pole and knock the ball on the rub-a-dub tub, which hits the man into the pan. The trap is set. Here comes the net. Mouse trap, I guarantee it's the craziest trap you'll ever see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Tip your waitress. <laughs> it's my time.